I'm Joshua Simon. I'm Sam Joe. And we are the SG Boys, that little gay podcast from Singapore. Subscribe and find us on Instagram at the SG Boys. I feel like Jenna Jackson in the Rhythm Nation. Let <laughs> <laughs> his shoulders. Yeah. Give me a beat. I love it. Okay, it, give me a beat. Is is it? Uh, oh, no, that's missing that, much. That is, that's missing yeah, much. that's like nasty. Oh, is it nasty? Yeah. Give me a beat. Yeah. We have no idea. You guys are so what? quite into pop culture. We like, don't, it's insane. We don't listen to any Janet Jackson at what? all. Oh my no, goodness. Yes, yes, yeah. Actually, Janet Jackson is out of our radar for some reason. But, but, okay. but isn't I'm like Mariah and he's Kylie. I'm Kylie. So we and don't. I used to have wet dreams about Kylie. Oh. Really? In a very odd way, like when her Light Years <laughs> album came out, right? And she was there. You wanted to be her, cake. not sleep like, with her. No, no, yeah. no. no, no. <laughs> actually, yes. In a, in a weird, weird way, because she was looking so gorgeous in that purple swimwear that she's lying down. It was a fever, like like. Is. And I just thought that was the most gorgeous image I've seen, and and um, I think that's yeah. when you knew you were gay. I knew I was gay before <laughs> that. But Aphrodite, she kind of like awoke something. Oh, I love the Aphrodite. It's like her slow music video. Yes. I thought I was turned on by her, and I was like, no, it's the naked guys around her. It's the shirtless guys around her. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Favorite Kylie album? It has to be Aphrodite, actually. Aphrodite, I love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovers. Oh, the lovers. Oh my god, the MTV was so cool. Oh yeah, when they were like climbing all this, climbing each the other. human mountain, yeah, human, it's a human orgy, yeah. Yeah. orgy it was a human, human orgy. Yeah, yeah. 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 No, 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 no. I mean the idea was that humanity should just love each other regardless of anything, mm. and so there was no like, expression of love through touch and through. Hashtag love is love. Hashtag love wins. Hashtag. Everybody say love. 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 We have a pair of very lovely guests sitting in front of Sam, Joe, and I right now. I've actually known one of them since I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I'll tell mm-hmm. that story in a bit. In a bit, in a bit, in a bit. Okay. Yes, please. Okay. <laughs> uh, they are a couple. You're lovebirds and you have been together for, what, 12 years? Yes. Which is quite... 12. I mean, we're not counting. We're not counting. We don't celebrate anniversaries. I always say it's too long. That's my that's my <laughs> opening pitch to anybody. <laughs> we have Fabian and Scott with us right now. Yay! Yay. Hi. Welcome. Alright, so they've been together for 12 years. That's right. Singaporean gay couple. First, we're going to go back, back, back all the way to when I was like 15 years old. So that's how I got to know Scott, right? So Scott was actually my PE teacher. If you remember my coming out story, I've, I've shared this anecdote through various interviews as well. There was one teacher who completely changed everything for me and opened my eyes to the gay. And <laughs> to the goddesses of gay. And, and that was Scott right here. So I remember connecting with him on MSN for the Gen Z. MSN is like WhatsApp or Telegram, oh but like a desktop version. So long ago. Uh, you were what? How old? A teenager. I'm glad I, it was MSN and not something else. No, yeah. It, it was, it was, <laughs> I promise you this story is very, very innocent, right? So it was on MSN and he was connecting with all the different students. And you know, all the students, they wanted to befriend their teachers, right? It was our way of growing up fast. And the thing with with Scott was that he looked like us. He looked very young. And a lot of our teachers were like, hello old. So it was like, hey, this was like a cool older brother that we wanted to be friend. I think we were talking, you and I, and then you shared that you were in a relationship mm-hmm. with a guy. Mm-hmm. And you were very open about it, very comfortable about it. You didn't hold back nothing. It was just, this is my life. Mm-hmm. I was so taken aback by it because I'd never met anyone tell me they're gay 
tell me they're in love with a guy, the same sex as them. All that was so foreign to me. Because of that conversation, it led me to rethink the things that I immediately shoved into the closet as, okay, that was sinful. This is, I don't even want to explore that. That's too scary. I'm going to get a scolding and all that kind of stuff. So you made it comfortable for me to be like, okay, I can be like my teacher who is happy and in love. Um, and that is... Something that, you know, through the years, I still go back to and how important that was for me. So thank you. It's like a core memory. <laughs> You're yeah. a core memory for someone, Scott. No, because I always felt that the best way to, I don't know, be a gay activist is just to live a life and just to be who you are unapologetically. And of course, you know, I sort of could feel by just, you know, looking at you and just talking to you through the classes and stuff. And I could feel that sometimes people just need to know that there are others who are just having a very normal life. Yeah. There's nothing special. There's nothing different. It's just my life and, and that's what I wanted to share. Yeah. And, mm. and, and it unlocked something in me that was always there. You know, it, it wasn't like, if anyone's listening, oh my God, he changed his student. No, oh, it's nurture. Nothing <laughs> at all. This was something I've been feeling for a while now. And then I was constantly told, remember that, that gay people were men who would sleep with men because they cannot get with women. And it just mm. didn't make... And that was what I was told. That was a right. narrative that I right. was told, right, as a kid. And Fake news. <laughs> Sorry, I just had to chime in there. Yeah. yeah, and then I looked at Scott and he was smiling and he was happy and, and he said that he was in a relationship with a guy and he was in love and I just had never heard of that concept before. And let's not forget, in Singapore, it's not like we have a lot of representation on TV or mm, media for that to even be normal. So if, if you're growing up as a kid wanting all the things that make you normal mm -hmm. and then here's someone saying that hey I'm mm. opening that horizon mm. for you that was life-changing for me right but I can't also help but think of whatever that you just said you know living your life the way you are comfortably I can imagine people doing that now but let's not forget that was like 15 years ago pre-social media well, pre like activism like mm. on a the scale that we have mm. today where we mm. can all support each other you mm. did that on your own quietly and that was a risk, wasn't it? I think at a point in my life, I hadn't fully come out to everybody around me. But I guess I was quite comfortable with where I was. And I was dating my ex-partner. And what I do recall from those days were, were just this feeling of wanting... I mean, I always wanted to change Singapore, right? And wanted to change perspective and change mindset. And I think I discussed this with a lot of people. And, and I think what we netted out at was, you just got to let everybody know that this same person that they've always known is just gay. And that is mm. it. There is no difference to this guy who enjoys a bit of Kylie, who <laughs> who enjoys eating, who likes a good party, you know. A and bit, you say? A bit. A lot. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then the only thing that, that changes about this person after he, you know him better is that he just likes somebody and this person is not a girl. Mm, and, yeah. I, and I think it was crucial for me to to just just be that person. Not that I had loft, I mean, I have lofty dreams, but I think, you know, that's that very cliche analogy of a starfish at the time. But I can't help but think that there's a lot of merit to that. One person at a time. Maybe at some point, it would be like 10, 20, 1,000. Yeah. Uh, you mean we're throwing the starfish back into the sea? Right. Okay. Yeah. You know, and then over the years, you do realize that it helps. I mean, now I'm sitting yeah. in front of somebody, you know. Look at yeah. me now doing a queer podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe hopefully more people who listen to this will. Yeah, if will, all those years ago, Scott, you weren't Josh's PE teacher. Eventually, I would have found my way, right? Yeah. But like, I think 
when Scott was my teacher at that age where I was still trying to understand myself and the world and the 15 is like puberty and everything, right? So mm. I was already feeling all these feelings. I just didn't have any positive representations of that. Mm. Yeah. I immediately assimilated as vulgar or mm. sinful. And then this was someone who was there in my life, like happy and and he's my PE teacher. So you're looking up to your teacher. As a right? role model. As a role so model. Important. Yeah. So that was that was I don't know. I the I cannot emphasize how important just confident, comfortable mm. humans can mean to mm. other people mm. who are looking for that in their mm. lives. Yeah, especially when you're at that formative age, yes. right? They actually, don't you don't realize how much you absorb from the adults around mm. you? Yeah. So I mean, it's not just your teachers; it's like people in your family, mm. or even like you know the canteen auntie, mm. you know, mm. and how they talk to you and yeah. stuff and like I, that. And mm. I think it's nice, right? You you open yourself up to seeing a new possibility. Like you can be all sorts of other kinds of normal, right? Go to school, do well in school, or pursue your passions, but also be gay. Yeah. And they're not, like, contradictory. And that there are parallel or alternative paths that exist. Mm. Yes. I think it's just about Mm. seeing someone Mm. not villainized, not sinned, you Mm. know, put in in the box of sin, Mm. who is just like, maybe that's me and it's okay, right? To Mm. also tread that path. Mm. Yeah, especially when at that point you might have been, you know, maybe you're going through puberty or whatever and you're feeling like so out of place, like, you know, why am I not like the other boys Mm. or whatever? Especially, I mean, PE, let's think. I mean, exactly. Let's talk about it. I mean, I'm actually curious, Scott, what were you sub- actually teaching football? <laughs> I'm, I were will you? be surprised. 12 years. No, I mean, it was Never just seen school, him with right? any I mean, you just like, you just bring down for sports. I don't even know what we did. We like, I don't know. I, I don't remember. I, don't remember. I just remember a whole bunch of things I could not do. Was it primary school or secondary, secondary, secondary school? It was a secondary school. school. Okay. Okay. Was like I was a, and like, no, I was know. a relief teacher for a semester, right? So I took a few clauses. I took a mathematics mm. and I took PE. So, and I just remember there was a curriculum to follow. I just I remember like he was always in like white socks, white shorts, Ooh. white polo shirt. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> that Sam Joe's going like, somewhere else. <laughs> sounds like a certain kind of video. That- Not this podcast. <laughs> But you know who's in all white today, by the way? Fabian. Hey, <laughs> I, I like that synchronicity. But it, it did mean something, even the fact that he's a PE teacher. Because I think also the people that were like me mm. in secondary school who were starting to think I'm different from everyone mm. else, we were also picked on and called sissy and for our femininity yeah. that we had and explored mm. and enjoyed you know we were always kind of made fun of like we will never do the sport stuff mm. and then here comes a queer person who is the PE teacher telling us how to do the sport stuff and I was like oh that's so badass so I really like that as well you've dug a lot of memories actually because yeah. I think everyone in high school gets called that. I don't know about all of you but I had my fair share of all those like CC aqua kind yeah. of conversation yeah, for sure. and now that I'm thinking about all these things I'm just like wow it was, it was tough and it was rough actually yeah. Yeah. It was not easy. It was, not it was easy. you know what? It was it was fucked up, right? It was like, bullying. It was. Yeah. yeah. It was. I mean we, we took it in our stride back then yeah. because that was what we learned to do. We mm. just got by. But if you look back at it, it yeah, you're right, it's bullying and bullying is never okay. Uh, like yeah. was, I remember actually being in a PE class. I mean the reason why I said I exclaimed just now very mm. loudly also like PE of all subjects. 
not that I hated it. Like, I understood the need to be, like, healthy and stay fit and everything. But there was always the element of, like, oh, my God, what if they make... What if this PE class is right. soccer? Then I really don't like soccer. Like, you tell me badminton, I can. Like, you tell me... You tell me, like, running yeah. around the track, like, 10 times, I don't mind. But, you know, the moment it's, like, some sort of, like... By the way, I was in the basketball team in primary school. Wow. So oh, wow. It's, it's not even about hand-eye coordination mm. or, or like... It's just a very gendered It's sport. a culture, yeah. culture right? Yes. Gendered, right? Yeah. yeah. And then Absolutely. if you're a guy who doesn't fit into a very masculine sport or the codes of that sport, then you get singled out, you get called out and yeah. yeah. I mean, I think we all experienced the anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yes, you know? anxiety was it. Yeah. Anxiety was it. It yeah. was like... It was like, how do you walk in a more gangly way? How do you like... Pump yeah. up your chest a little bit more. Mm. Yeah. How do you pass? Yeah. Exactly. Continue to pass. How do you exactly. pass? That's yeah. actually yeah. quite. And then at some point thing. in your life, you just you know what? Fuck it. Fuck it. I don't give a fuck what anyone mm. else thinks. I'm just gonna be myself. But not everyone is able to come yeah. to that. You know. Mm. Yeah. On their own. When was that point for the both of you? For Josh and I, we've been talking about this on and off with like so many people, but. Like Scott and Fabian, like for both of you, when was that turning point where you went, I'm not going to care about what other people think. I'm just going to be authentically true to myself. I think for me, it was a journey from junior college all the way to first year of university. I think in junior college, I started to realize that I needed a support group that was beyond just the gay group that I was hanging out with. And I had split identity, actually. Um, you guys know me as Scott. You probably knew me as Kizen. Yeah. Because Scott was gay Scott. And I only wanted a specific group of people to know the gay person. Oh my god, was your gay name? Your, Scott your, is my gay name. Your scene name. <laughs> my scene name. <laughs> a lot of Singaporean guys do this. Yes, I because you're so afraid that oh my god, if they know Kizen is gay, what will happen Can to I me? Can I also right? just say straight people do that as well? It's not just a gay thing. But straight people have the gay name, right? For like they have their <laughs> alternate identity, like a moniker. They, yeah, that they don't want to link back to their mm. life. Wow. Uh, but I think gay people had to do it. Yeah, we had. Yeah. We for had what? To. Like for dating, ah. Uh. Okay. Professional reasons. Right, right. Uh, but anyway, sorry. Yeah. And and so then it was it was a journey, right? So then in JC I started to come out to one of my really good friends. And then I came out to my sister because I was going through a, a, a really bad breakup. And and after that I realized that I needed to reach out to people that was beyond my gay social circle then. And that started to make me feel really comfortable when my sister told me, um, she was like it's okay, Coco. You know? <gasps> and then she, she told me that her, her teacher back then, and my sister is four years younger than me. She was like, my teacher told me about gay people and they're just normal people. And so she wow. had so her more teacher. Than, there's more than one teacher. And her teacher was a female then, teacher, yeah. right? And so then she showed me a lot of support and love. And that made me feel that it was okay. And so throughout the years, I just slowly started to experiment with coming out. And to his brother, who is actually oh, my God. my OCS buddy in the same room which is Fabian's brother small world small story uh, and so I just gradually came out until in university I was like you know what I think I'm fully out out and I came out to my family and it was um, it was a journey but then I would say by then I don't try to pass anymore yeah, yeah. yeah. but yeah. it took all these little things like mm. accumulation of all that mm. it wasn't so it wasn't like an overnight thing I mean no I did cut my hair but I think that was more of a, <laughs> a dramatic gesture more yeah. than anything but that's like the power of coming out right because yeah. if you didn't come out like that mm. and go through this journey mm. you would have been very different when you came to my school as a teacher yeah you know and, and you yeah. meant something to me and I'm sure mm. you know we were talking about bullying even though this idea of like a teacher talking to a student affirming their sexuality is in a school in Singapore sounds like, oh my gosh, taboo, taboo, red tape everywhere, freaking out. But 
I was still being made fun of. I was still being bullied yeah. for my, uh, whether it be for my sexuality or my feminine energy that I was drawn to, whatever it may be, the the, the gay slurs were there mm. and they were used on me. And uh, there was a point of time where um, maybe like five, six years ago, I did a small <laughs> teaching job at a school, which I won't name. There were students just openly using gay slurs. At you or at, at other students? other students oh, in God. front of me. And I froze. And I feel so horrible about that, right? But I froze because I was like, I want to stop it, but I don't know if I'm allowed to stop it. Mm-hmm. And I went to like the discipline master to ask like, what do I do? That's not right. And they're like, uh, just don't worry about it. You know, just tell them to focus and do their work. You know, and I was just like... I, I can't I can't let that slide mm. so I was just freaking out because I, w- I I just did not know what to do because mm. I don't want to like tell the kids something that I believe in that maybe I could get fired for mm. so I, mm. I'm sorry I didn't have the strength that you had in the mm. freaking early 2000s yeah in a way in a it's way a you were you were very brave like very a lot I mean we know a lot of teachers right now mm. who and mm. it's no fault of theirs but like mm. they want to speak their minds but they can't because mm. like it's their livelihoods on the line mm. yeah they want to impart like certain values and everything but they're worried that what if certain parents or like the school administration don't agree yeah. Right. And mm. I think it, in a way it was a blessing in disguise because you. I'm guessing you were a relief teacher, so so there wasn't really much less at stake for you. Yeah. But I suppose. <laughs> I mean, yes. I think that was definitely a very big point. Well, so you were just like YOLO, right? Like, YOLO lah. Fabian, did you know the story? <laughs> yeah, I know the story. Like he told you everything about this. I mean, I got the summary. I mean, <laughs> okay. over yeah. the years. Over the years. I mean, I did ask how you guys met. Right. Um, uh, and that it's the same story. I didn't. It was yeah. also MSN. Yeah. <laughs> I <laughs> promise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you still? Like, it, oh man, MSN yeah. sounds so sketch of a yeah, yeah. He was just like, yeah, it's still the same story. Yeah. I'm checking. Yeah. <laughs> you know? No, no, no. Context, context. Knowing that there's just, even if it's just one person in your corner, that gives you the confidence to say, someone's got my back and I won't be alone. And I think for me, the point where I, I really felt like, you know, it does, doesn't matter what the rest of the world thinks, mm. as long as the people who matter accept me for who I am. And that was really my best friend. At that point in time, I was still in army, and I called her from camp and I was like, Yijun, hi, she's in Paris now. She's been living there for many Shout years. Out. Hey, Shout out. Shout out. Yeah, but... Um, Yijun in Paris. We yeah. want that Netflix special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I texted her. I can book out on Wednesday night and we were going to meet at the McDonald's at Isetan Orchard when it still existed. We meet there and, and then I text her the week before and the whole week she's like, is everything okay? Do you need me to do anything? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, no, no, no. Just wait till we meet. And then we go, we meet, we have dinner the whole night. And then at the end, she was like, can you just tell me what you wanted to tell me? And I was just like, is everything okay? Then I'm like, yeah. then I, you know, I stumble and fall. Because there's so much fear mm. and anxiety, yes. right? Yeah. I don't know if you can relate to that. But and like, shame. Uh, yeah. Right? And, and, and because I've always dated yeah. women. So yeah. this was like a complete kind of 180. Right. And I said, I am kind of, kind of like... A guy, and she was like, "Oh my god! I thought you know, like someone was going to jail, someone was dying. You, so you're like a guy. Are you happy? Yes. Then okay. Like then why 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 wow. are you like? At that moment, it was just like I'm not gonna care what anyone else says. And then I realized over the years, each person I came out to was just like, "But you're so flamboyant. You're so loud. Like there's no way. I mean, I'm not. It's not like I wouldn't say I knew." But I'm not surprised. And you know what? You've always been you. So I think one of like the things I'm very grateful for and very thankful for is that I've always had a very close group of people who have accepted me 
without any kind of labels. Yeah. Right? You are you. You've always been you. Yeah. And we accept you for who you are. And really, I think by the time I went to uni, I was just like super flamboyant. I'm just who I am. Yes. And, you know, all my university professors know and I have blue hair and all that kind of stuff. And they're just like, yeah, he's him. And he's also a great student. Back then it was yeah. blonde hair. Back then it was blonde hair, yeah. It was the K-pop Platinum era. blonde hair. Platinum blonde. That was how I knew him. Platinum, That's when we fully met. Yeah. white hair. So we have two handsome, assured men with their sexuality. They're confident, comfortable to take on the entire... Well, just Singapore first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and... They found each other, right? How? It was on Twitter. It's a, it's a funny story. It's like, a really funny story. Uh, before, you know, the apps were... <laughs> those were our apps back then. So a friend, a mutual friend, tweeted us something about politics in Singapore, a subject we both are quite engaged with. Yeah. Um, and uh, she was like, I think you guys would... Like, she just tweeted both of us. And we chatted in 140 characters back then. And it was obviously very limiting. And I was like... I'm four years younger than Scott and I looked at his profile picture I was like that is a pretty fine looking guy and and, uh, you know that conversation whatever that was about kind of ended and I hunted him down on Facebook which which is very difficult because my Facebook profile is private Mm. so I I had to do a bit of CSI right hunted him down and I messaged him on Facebook and in more than 140 characters I guess that that won him over at least to continue like wanting to speak to me no it was a very cute message it was like (laughs) it was like a he remembers it of course I remember he kept the receipt he kept the receipt reenactment please (laughs) no I kept the receipt because Fabian kept telling a story of how I messaged him I'm like no I don't do things like that did I ever go there yes of course that's how I screen grabbed it (laughs) (laughs) no but, but it was a very sweet message because it was like hey you know I really want to know you better blah blah blah, blah. I think you're cute da, da, da. so it was like a nice long message and and I think back in those days where Twitter was starting to take off people are not so engaged right yeah. and they're not so sincere so I looked through his profile and I was like drinking beer sun hat smokes white hair tattoos and I came from a very traditional Chinese family right, right. no tattoo no drinking no smoking no colouring my hair I coloured my hair brown my mum freaked out you know so I was like ooh this <laughs> looks like a bad boy you know and you know what do we like about bad boys we just all like bad boys right Right. so I was like <clears throat> yeah sure you know <laughs> but I mean I, I'm curious actually the bad boy image and the thoughtful note like that which that the bad boy won me over <laughs> oh, okay okay so you know I came from a, a good boy school right? and I was like there's nobody in my circle that's of that that kind of profile and I was like this is an interesting personality right so then I was like you know let's meet up Uh, I mean we chatted first we had long we had long long conversations actually I think it was a conscious choice when we first started chatting on Facebook to say let's not meet up because you can get distracted quite easily and quite fast so you really wanted to get to know each other as people and Mm. so that was like the daily messaging it became like daily calls and Mm. like it went on for like four to five months but that's a long ass and time we like, stop we are not gonna meet too often because you know you've been through the, the clubs right when they were mm. open as a young gay man things can escalate quite easily mm. yep. and we really just didn't mm. want to go down that route um, and I was nursing a heartache as well and, and he was there oh. for me while I was nursing my heartache Fabian's very sly he slipped in at the right opportunity <laughs> no I just to- I think long term So I was going through a heartbreak And then Fabian was just there Just being a friend actually So I called him a lot Didn't realise his ulterior motive Till 12 years later Wow (laughs) (laughs) 
So that's how we met. That's how we met. 12 years later. 12 years later. Wow. We're still here. <laughs> still chicken rice. Yeah. <laughs> still chicken rice. Oh, chicken rice. <laughs> chicken rice, a reference to like an earlier conversation we had about if you enter a long-term relationship, it's like having the same dish for the rest of your life, right? And, and so, so how's the chicken rice lately? Chicken rice has been really good. There's been a lot of spicy chili. Mm. We switch from like breast to like thigh meat sometimes. The yeah. things you can it's do great. with a simple dish like yeah. chicken rice. Right? Yeah, sometimes you eat with ginger. Sometimes you add cucumber. Sometimes mm-hmm. you put dark sauce. Oh. Oh. You can fry it. You can steam it. You can... <laughs> okay, guys. <laughs> I love that. I love that. In 12 years, really is... It's it's a dream for many people that want that monogamous relationship with another person in Singapore. You know, we've had Cam and Andre on, and I think that's a fantastic example yeah. as well. And, and beautiful married couple, married Hi guys with a child, Aww. with a child. You know, we talked about how impossible that feels, right, mm. for someone who. Uh, is a lover at the core right and it's just so beautiful to hear that yeah. you're in a 12 year relationship you know how do you keep it that chicken rice spicy <laughs> and exciting and fresh i mean communicate like we really communicate a lot oh, yeah. like we will say everything we're thinking to really understand each other and i don't know if everyone does that i think it's kind of crucial in our mm-hmm. relationship and i think the second thing is that we said very early on mm-hmm. that we should always be two individuals in a relationship mm. because we we said from the get-go we are different people we have strong opinions we have our own very idiosyncratic kind of mm. personalities and and preferences mm. and that should never change even though we're in a mm. relationship so i think us being two very distinct independent individuals mm. has allowed us to kind of be together mm. ourselves yet kind of mm. as, as a unit as well yeah. uh, and th- that's kind of one of the things I think one of the things when we look at our friends who whose relationships may not have lasted is that they tried to change, change the other them. person or they tried to want to do everything mm. together and our friends mm. all the say all the time like where's, where's Scott and I'm just like well, I mean he has his own life I yeah. have my own life every time we go to the gym right and then the trainers will be like Hey, where's Fabian? Or where's Scott? We're like, I don't know. I, I mean, mean, we're a couple. We're not Siamese twins. Yeah. So, like, like, even our friends, like, that day, our friend was asking, um, you know, I texted you something and then he was like, how come Fabian doesn't know? And I'll be like, you text me, you didn't text Fabian. Why should I tell him what you're telling me? I mean, we are two different people. We just happen to be in a relationship. So I think we kind of, we're both very independent, but we communicate a lot. Mm. So I think there's a lot of understanding. Mm. There's a lot of, we, I mean, we still make a lot of like, meet halfway kind mm. of decisions about mm. our life mm. but always when we arrive at that decision or that outcome it's always we're both on board yes you know yeah. and we're, if we're not happy it's like actually I'm not comfortable right mm. and, and we'd say it like we, we do. when we decided to move to Shanghai a couple of years back Scott wanted to go I didn't want to go and we had to like really talk about it I'm like before we arrive and then when you arrive at that decision you own individually own mm. those decisions in, in mm. your relationship mm. and so you can never blame the other person for making you do something or mm. getting you in a situation mm. that you didn't want to or you didn't agree to do and there's no way mm. you can go back and say you made me do it and mm. it's all your fault mm. like we've never done that or like mm. if we have then we very quickly said hey that behaviour we, we need to set more ground rules. Mm. I mean, I think back on like, I mean, of course, every couple has fights, right? And, and we have our fair share of fights. Our principle has always been to just think about why the fight happened and what was going on, right? It's always easy to blame somebody else. But I think what we've noticed, at least what I see from him and from myself, is that we always end up thinking about what did, what did I do? 
and then we communicate about it and what could have been done differently. And I think we really make it a point whenever we have a fight, we're like, let's talk about it. It might not be immediately. It might take days, right? Yeah. Because sometimes, you know, your emotion is all over the place and you don't want to add bad emotions on top of bad emotions. So we always wait and there'll be a few awkward days because she's a quiet person. I'm really talkative. I, I'm not a quiet person, but besides Scott, it becomes a spectrum. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I become the quieter one. Yeah. yeah. No, so it's all relative. The theory of relativity. It's, it is. Yeah. So when we get into fights, he will be quieter. <laughs> Cold war. Cold war. Okay. And I'll try to like... But one of the things like Scott does is like, he, you know, he always says when we argue and we're working through a disagreement, we have to hold hands. Because it's hard to be angry with someone <sighs> when you're physically... <laughs> touching and connecting mm. with that person mm. and that always makes you whether or not you consciously or subconsciously mm. do it kind of put yourself in the other person's shoes or not want to hurt that person who's connected to you physically at that point in time and so when we do have disagreements that's one of the things we do mm. and it always works at mm. least for us mm. for us right. yeah yeah. It also like lowers the chance of you hurling things at each other. <laughs> yeah. True. <laughs> Which we know happens in some yeah. cases. Holding the hands, nothing can be thrown. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, dear listener, I hope you're feeling what I'm sure Sam Joe is feeling as well, and that I'm very inspired by what you're yes. saying, and I feel so much love for both of you individually and together. I can see why this works and I can also see why each of you work as people I want to get to know more of. So I'm in a new relationship, so I'm learning a lot from this. And actually a lot of the things that I am applying are exactly what you've just mentioned. So it just feels so surreal. It makes, makes, I was getting goosebumps, right? <laughs> so one of the things I want, I, I, I've been learning and practicing is learning when to communicate as well. Yes, communication is important, right? But like constantly talking is not communicating mm-hmm. and, and knowing when to have that conversation mm-hmm. is important mm-hmm. as well. If my partner is busy right now and I know his focus on his work, I'm not going to we need to communicate right now. You know, like I'm... Yeah, okay. time and place. Yeah, yeah, there is a time we will have this conversation and I will pick it up and put it down. And the second thing I... I is, is what you said about the, the visual that you've given all of us right now, which is holding that person's hand while you're having that disagreement is... Uh, I'm learning to, while we're fighting about this issue, we have to remember to fight for each other as well Mm. in this relationship. Mm. It's very important to do that, right? Because you don't want to lose this person, Mm. right? There's a disagreement. We disagree often. It's healthy to Mm. disagree. How we handle that disagreement says a lot about us as people and Mm. together as a unit as well. And there Mm. has to be an element of us working together to Mm. fight for the relationship. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, also important like not to think of separating as your solution yeah like you kind of say like how do you make this work and find ways to fight for mm. the relationship whenever my boyfriend and i would get into an argument or whatever i'll be like oh my gosh uh this is the moment this is the moment here it comes it doesn't actually happen and i'm like oh shit i'm so used to people walking away from my life i'm so used to break up i'm so used mm. to feeling insecure and all these different things so here comes someone who's willing to say i'm here let's mm. talk about it and i found myself freaking out we know that we love each other at the core even you know when you're disagreeing you're like okay he's being very irritating right now but you know i I chose the man so i can't say i'm surprised that there are certain quirks about him that you know piss me off and sometimes lead to uh, disagreements and same for him right there are things that 
about my character that I'm sure pisses the shit out of him. But I mean, it's saying like having a larger perspective and also taking a step back and saying like, why did we get into this relationship? And always remembering that it is that particular issue that you're working on and not the person. So don't immediately, like we don't Mm. immediately blame the person. Mm. We're like in that moment, in that context when you were flustered or when you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm. You were really nasty mm. and I, we need to talk about that. Mm. But it's not like you are a nasty person. Mm. Yeah. It was like your behavior at that moment mm. was nasty and we need to talk about that so mm. it doesn't happen again. Mm. So I think like taking a step back, having that perspective and then reminding yourself like, I love this person. Remembering that when that person does something, mm. it's think about the intention mm. rather than what, what was being done. Was the intention mm. bad? It may have been delivered in a very mm. unpleasant way, mm. but the intention wasn't malicious or meant to hurt. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, we're, thankfully, we've not been in a situation where the other person was like trying to deliberately hurt. The the mm. other point to say is that if you're in a toxic relationship, yes, no, you also need talk. to know when to kind yeah. of leave and yeah. protect yourself. Yeah. But yeah. we've not been in that situation yeah. with each other. For for me, it was just constantly like talking to myself as I was feeling all these things in my head. How much of it is actually the problem? How much of it is just me catastrophizing? Mm. Is, is that's the word? Mm. Like and and being so sort of assuming that this is always going to be the pattern for my life. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to break the pattern. You know, I'm not going to be dramatic. I'm not going to walk away. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going to just like look at the issue at hand right now and just stay as mm-hmm. well. And maybe we'll talk about it later. So it was, it, it's, a, I'm in a very exciting time of my life, right? Who would have thought at 31? Young love, new love. <laughs> really? You're not that young. I, that's the thing. I know. I thought I would be going through these thoughts in my head and like learning to figure out relationships at like 18 or 19. But then it feels like all those years before that was being comfortable. I mean, we just talked about being comfortable with my sexuality, owning my sexuality and learning how to treat myself and other people better, learning how to date, trying to understand love and all that. All that was like practice to like now. I mean, what do we really know at 18 or 19? We know, yeah, we knew everything, we but we, we actually well. knew shit. And I'm sorry to our 18, 19 year old listeners, but <laughs> we love you. And um, looking back actually a lo- at a lot of like my so-called failed relationships, unlike Fabian and Scott, like, you know, we didn't, um, you know, we took a lot of things very personally and we didn't see it as like we got into a quarrel or argument. It was always you're a terrible person or and yeah. and honestly sometimes I also didn't have the maturity and strength to work through things I was just like oh one strike and you're you're gone you know yeah. and which yeah. is which is so which is like I also think that's that's kind of like a privilege that comes with youth it's a bit of self-centeredness that's tied to it mm-hmm. tied up with it yeah. also right like you don't really think of anyone else other than yourself it's your needs first before mm-hmm. anyone else even though you don't consciously know that yeah. but you're like, why is he making me feel this way? He's a horrible person. Um, so fuck that. I don't know. Sometimes it's also not that that person's horrible. It's just that person's not who you want to date, you know? Yeah. And and right. then I think we all have those expectations of who my partner should be, what he should be like, etc. Yeah. You know, that's, yeah. that yes. you, set, you set that relationship up for failure right from the yeah. get-go. Yes. And I think with if you're dating when you're like in your early 20s, in your teens that person's gonna change yourself as well mm. both of you are gonna mm. grow you're gonna have more experiences and perspectives I sound like a very old person yes, right now yeah. but no, I think <laughs> I think it's important I think it worked for us as well is that as we kind of went through milestones like through school through university through Careers, early career mid career blah 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 we both changed and I yeah. think it was always saying hey this person has changed the value system has remained the same 
but the whole packaging has changed and that's fine we grow together and we're not holding each other to that impossible unrealistic standard of who that person was when we first met 12 years ago because if we had done that we wouldn't be together right now because we are completely different. My face looks mm. different because I wear a lot more makeup now. But yeah. I mean, you look gorgeous, that, by the way, as always. Thank you, I know. Yeah. <laughs> but I think beyond that, right, it's about not subscribing to the idea of a person who's not the person in reality yeah. and being open to and connecting with the actual person, learning to embrace that person. And even as that person changes, Scott read this article and sent it to me a couple of months back about romantic friendships. Oh, yes. And I think I love that concept. I can't remember where it's from, but if you Google it, you'll probably, probably find it. Probably the Atlantic it. or the Guardian. Yeah, but there's this idea of like not putting all the needs that you have into a single person. Yes. Mm. That there are friendships that can be romantic. Like, yeah. why must the person you live with also be the person you go on holidays with who also likes drag race and also all the Netflix shows that you yeah. like who needs to read the same books like no there are different people in your life who to fit different needs. who yes. fulfill different yes. needs and play different roles in your mm. life and I think a lot of people have unrealistic expectations yeah. of one person to fulfill all the needs they, and then yes. to be like a mirror image of themselves mm-hmm. and yeah. then again the article yeah. was great because it says you know you are setting yourself for and failure. that relationship up for failure because it's impossible. Yeah. You'll only be constantly disappointed or you'll constantly be pressured to live up to a certain expectation that your partner has. And you're also not loving. You're actually yeah. not loving. It's, you're it's, imposing. You're, yeah, in, and you're tapping into, some, into ego. You're tapping mm. into the things that you like and that you value and you put yeah. on a pedestal so you expect someone else to have those mm. things. So if you find someone who's just like you, who acts, talks, lives, behaves just like you, yeah. then you take that as affirming all the things that you already are instead of actually loving another human being. Exactly. Which goes back to what the two of you said about just being your own complete self traditionally there's there's always that like off-talk narrative of oh two halves coming together oh my to God, complete the missing each other piece. the missing piece yeah like you know <laughs> the more I grow up and the more I think about it it's like the more I realise that that's bullshit because I mean look it works for some people perhaps right like yeah. we, we all know couples who God bless their hearts and they love each other so much and they rely on each other in, in a way that is, is very sweet but yeah. I love that the two of you are like you're strong on your own but when you come together you're also fire right yeah. and, like and why put together two halves when you can have two holes yes. yeah actually and it is that book you know that, that really <laughs> ridiculous holes. book called The Missing Piece it's actually a, a children's illustration book and it was like this this circle with really a missing piece I was going around trying to find something that fit one of my really old friends actually gave it to me when I was really sad Sorry, I'm always sad. <laughs> and, and I was remember I was in San Francisco actually, and so he passed me this book because her relationship was not doing well. And at the the story of the book was that this was twelve years before, like before the yeah. previous perfect, the other one. Sure, just and like, to make so sure. this little circle was trying to find the missing piece, and it was never a piece that fit him until he grew into a complete circle. And he, until he grew into a complete circle, and the whole point of it is that there is n- there is no missing piece that fits you because you are complete yourself. Hey, I know this story. You know this it's story, right? The big O. Yes, yes, o. yes. That, that is the book. They want a high five, but yeah. they're too far away. Can we just right in between them? Can we do it again? Oh my god. 
okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, yes. I can't believe I actually know that book. It's I'm a sorry. great book because I read it and eventually I realized. I mean, maybe it wasn't the book that changed everything, but it's just a good story, right? You got to be your own complete person. You're not finding somebody to fill a void. If there's a void, it's on you to fill it. It's not on somebody right. else to fill your void. I don't want to be cliche, but oh. RuPaul comes to mind. He, oh, it does. It's true. Yeah. yeah. Also, like, you can't love I, yourself. How in the hell are you going to love somebody else? Amen. 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 I'm in here. <laughs> Sorry, just took it there. Yeah. I was just, just going to say, Fabian and I have the same energy. We're just like looking at we each other. We do, like, yeah. It's like we look like we would be very electrifying on the surface, but actually we're like really like chill. Yeah, yeah, that's true. One's got blue hair, another's got blue headphones. Yeah. <laughs> Almost <laughs> the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> and then meanwhile, you have Scott slash Kizen and you have Sam Joe. They look very harmless, but then actually, boom, life firecracker. Fire. Mass destruction. <laughs> no, but Chaotic I, energy. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> Most of the time. Can I just talk about this? How meaningful this particular children's book was to me also? Because it's actually quite mind-boggling that you of all people... Actually, I'm, I'm not surprised because you were a teacher once about a time. But my sec one and sec two English lit teacher, Miss um, Hope Kelly, if she's listening to this, um, she was this wonderful lady from America, Ohio, I remember. She had such a profound influence on me and that was one of the books she introduced to us. And I mean, we're already in secondary school by then, right? what are we doing reading a children's book? Looking back, like I, I can see why she wanted us to read that book because she was imparting values to us. She wasn't yeah. imparting like, you know, I mean, we went on to do like very cheap books and The Outsiders and like, you know, and... and Animal Farm. Animal Farm. And yeah. Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry and everything like that. I heard the owl call my name. We did complex lit, but this children's book, like sometimes I think children's books, that's why they're so important because they really, like it's, it's down to foundation, down to like formative, mm. like it's down to what, back to your relationship with Scott, right? Yeah. Like, you know, what, what, what are adults teaching you? And it was really this illustrated story of this little oblong creature who didn't know where he fit in and he kept rolling and rolling mm. and because of friction over time if you're you're rough around the edges eventually all his edges got evened out and he was his own complete big O that was and one. I remember like Miss Kelly our teacher like used to give us like big O awards in class oh that's Aww. really nice yeah and, and that was to encourage us to like aspire towards becoming our own complete selves. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as we sit here recording this podcast, like, in you know, I see a jigsaw puzzle being hung up in that room. Oh. I think it deserves, like, being repeated. Each and every single one of us is not some incomplete jigsaw puzzle that we're looking for that missing piece. In someone else. In yeah, someone else. Yeah, yeah. We are... You're the full picture yourself, baby. Yeah, yeah you and just gotta realise that. Yeah, you just need to find your gallery. Thank you very much. Yeah. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why go for... One picture when you are already the picture. The whole museum when you is your museum. Hey. And and on the children's books and how influential and important they are in shaping our perception of the world since we just talked about RuPaul. So if you watch like UK versus the world. Oh, uh, excuse me, I thought RuPaul wrote a children's book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm down for that. Yeah. Should, I mean she just developed some like online game, right? I would have I would not her. be surprised. Yeah. And and uh, in the final episode of UK versus the world, um I'm not gonna spoil anything. Don't okay. worry. Don't worry. It, there was just a, a piece of encouragement that was shared, which is the only relationship you need to focus on is between you and your inner child 
And and I think when we read these children's books, our inner child is reading yes. and it speaks directly to it. And that's why even as grown adults, we love these Pixar Disney shows because mm. it speaks directly to us as children. And, and we remember what it's like being a kid. And, mm. and so much of, you know, we, we on the show, we talk about, you know, advice to you know, talking to your 11 year old self. They do it on RuPaul's Drag Race as well. And it always um, becomes a very tender moment. Oh right. In Bring therapy, the works. yeah. In therapy, is always about that talking to who you were when you were eight years old and repairing that relationship. Power in children's books. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh my god. I guess I'll question to both of you as lovebirds sitting in front of us who have made this relationship not only work but blossom over the past twelve years. What do you have to say to all the lovers out there who are either looking for love or who are looking to keep that love alive? Or burn even brighter. <laughs> what do you have to say to them? Always think about, is it worth it? Is it worth the fight, right? I think a lot of times, we fight over the tiniest thing. Mm. Like, where is the toilet paper? You know, or why are your clothes on the floor? You know, and, and it's such a tiny... fight over those things? We did! There was one time I asked you, you know, why is your pants on the floor? Do you mean throw it away or is it meant for a laundry oh, basket? Yeah, that was aggressive. Right, that was really yeah. aggressive, right? <laughs> and then, then I asked myself, is that worth fighting for? Or we used to fight about like you didn't make the date in the morning, right? And then you got to realise that, is this even worth it? Is a relationship about making the bed, you know? And then you distill to the fact that, no, it's not, right? If, if, if you need the bed to be made, make it yourself. If it doesn't have to be made, then don't make it or assign the task, right? Like, hey, Fabian, making the bed is very important for me. If I can't make it in the morning, could you help me make the bed? You know, just, just think about what is important, right? Because so many times, you know, you fight over anything and everything. And it's about just developing the awareness about what is worth fighting for. Which brings me to my next point. I think I've changed a lot over the years because... I am extremely aggressive and I like to fight to win and I like to win battles. So I am a debater. I am very, you guys know me on my social media. I am very, very forceful, right? But then fighting to win means that I'm fighting for my own ego to win. Mm. And then you start to realize that is that really worth winning the battle but losing the war, right? Because then if I realize that what I want to do is to make sure that the relationship is better why am I fighting to win? And, and then it becomes quite pointless. Right. So then I start to, you know, change quite a bit because then you realize that it, it's not about winning the argument. I mean, I can win any argument by, you know, just throwing random shit out, right? But then is that even worth it? And I think the most of the conclusion I have is, nah, it's not really worth it. Why, why, why fight, right? Just say it nicely. Take a deep breath, have a whiskey, talk one, two days later. You know, actually, I was a little bit upset that day with this. And then you realize that, that this thing is so small. It was like, you didn't put the plate in the right place. You know that kind of mm, stupid stuff? Yeah. And then you, let, you, just, you, just, you just get over yourself. And I think that's for me, my, my, my tip to all the lovers. You know, there was like a survey in Singapore. One of the most popular things to fight about among Singaporean couples is where to eat dinner. Really? I kid you not. We talked about it on radio. A couple cannot decide where to eat. One will say anything. The other one will be like, oh yeah, I'm also okay with anything. And then for two hours, they're walking around the shopping mall hungry, becoming hangry because no one can decide where to eat. I want tip. Always eat hypo. <laughs> Just go eat hypo. Right? Cannot go wrong. <laughs> two meat, two veg, $5. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but then, essentially, actually, it's, it's a good thing that you're you're facing, right? Because both of you are saying we're okay with anything, we're, but someone has to lead. Someone has to be like, okay, I'll let you lead. You know, so I think it's good to like take turns. You guys do that, like, okay, today for dinner, you decide where to go. I know. I think when you when it doesn't matter, you just decide. I know. I don't think we necessarily care too much about 
whether the other person feels okay with that. We're like, hey, I feel like eating this. And the other person's like, mm, do you have an opinion? No. Okay, let's eat this. And it's like a <sighs> nice one, two minute decision. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean like, because it doesn't matter. Like Scott says, there are things that matter and there are things that don't. And uh, if it matters, you should say it. Don't make the yeah. person play that kind of like crystal ball game. Oh god, that really frustrates yeah, me. Yeah, because sometimes I already know what I want to eat and he knows I know what I want to eat. Then I'll be like, do you think we should eat so this? So Scott does this thing in the early years of our relationship. A little nugget for you. Yes. <laughs> yes, I love of, our nuggets. Come on, bring it on. Oh yeah, we do. We do love one. I, I love it more than Scott. But the, <laughs> the nugget, earlier in our relationship when Scott, we were, we were both in office and lunchtime he would call me and it's like, Hey baby, what should I eat for lunch today? Should I eat like fish soup or should I go and eat Thai peng? And I'm just like, hmm, such a difficult decision. I really think you should eat Pad Thai. He was like, but that's not my option. I was like, who the hell cares what you're eating, right? Just eat something. It's just lunch. Then he was like, you're not being helpful. And I was like, don't call me about this again. Just go and decide what you want to eat. Like it's, I mean, and but we do it cheekily, like we say, you know, like you do it in a teasing, loving way. Yeah. But I'm just like being deliberately annoying because it doesn't matter why Why do you have to go hangry over like something so trivial and like so everyday yeah because I didn't go there. he doesn't care about me he doesn't love me no I just like said okay it was going to be fish soup so yeah. <laughs> you just needed like affirmation from him in a way yes, yes. most of the time we actually are we're just looking for affirmation yeah. right yeah but I won't hang up like I will answer that call and I will entertain him but I will not be helpful because I mean, it's a very inane I mean, question. So inane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I used to like, after that call ends, I'll like turn to my colleague and be like, oh my God, this guy. <laughs> Such an old baby. He just wanted to hear your voice. Yeah. Right. I he just wanted to like talk to you. Guess that's get any one way to, to look at it. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, just coming back to your question of like, you know, a parting words to all the lovers out there. I think make sure that you don't lose yourself in a relationship. Always know who you are. Don't try to be an idea of someone or the idea that your your partner, the person you're dating, wants you to be. Just be yourself and that person will love you for who you are. And if he doesn't, then then that's not the right person. Yeah. But I think at the same time is also not being so insistent on your preferences and your, you know, what you expect. Like also make space for someone else. So it's not like that one circle needs to feed two people. Like just expand that circle. Your circle still exists but you've widened the kind of boundary to say now we can have two circles in a wider circle. So I think that's kind of critical. Don't lose yourself. Don't feel like you're compromising or losing who you are just to be in a relationship because when that happens, you know, you're going to start resenting things and like achieve with too many holes. It's just going to fester and then crumble. And so, yeah, I think remember that, yeah. I'm Joshua Simon. I'm Sam Joe. And we are... The SG Boys, that little gay podcast from Singapore. Subscribe and find us on Instagram at The SG Boys. The beliefs, views, and opinions expressed on this podcast are attributable to its hosts only and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, organization, company, or individual.